Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey alongside Anthony Broom and Chris Ballas. We're coming to you on a Friday. We were traveling yesterday around the state of Ohio, Cleveland and Canton. Uh, with the Michigan football team. So we will talk about kind of what we picked up from that day on the road as they capped off or, yeah, finished off their team trip around the East Coast. Uh, we will talk about Michigan basketball. Hunter Dickinson has a destination. Won't spend too much time on him. We'll talk about Caleb Love as well at the end. Uh, make sure to like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel as we climb towards 22,000 subscribers. We're Getting really close there. And then a reminder that we have our special deal at thewolverine.com. $29.99 gets you premium access all the way through August 31st, heading you into the football season. We got a bunch of stuff coming from yesterday's trip uh, that will be on the site for premium members only. So you're going to want to get in on that. Uh, Before we get into it, let's talk about our sponsors at My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Are you looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Are you wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Well, Andy can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner. Helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. Andy Ludicky can be found at www.myperfectfranchise.com. You can hit him up on the phone, 404-973-9901. Email him, andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Book a time with Andy Ludicky on his calendar on the website there as well. Again, 100% free consultation, so definitely worth it if you are interested. He has helped some of our subscribers already uh, and will continue to do so in the future. So thankful to Andy for our partnership. But uh, let's get into it, fellas. Uh, we were talking before we went live here you know the the lions our team you know a little bit of a blur <laughs> there at the pro football hall of fame but that was our second stop we started out at the rock and roll hall of fame uh, before we get into a little bit what we talked about or, or what we you know kind of picked up from doing a bunch of different interviews and conversations there on and off the record uh your thoughts on uh on just the trip and these guys finishing things out and and uh, your experience at, uh, you know, because we were there too. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, AB's a big rock and roll guy. And then I think we're all football guys here with the uh, the Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, I was fortunate enough to be there in New York when they started the trip. And then to uh, be there at the end was pretty cool too. And thanks to Dave Abloff and those guys for taking good care of us. You see Kenneth Grant there slapping the base. Is that a base? I don't know. Is that a base, uh, AB? So anyway, it was cool watching these guys having some fun. First in New York. And then here at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and then at, at Canton, where there was a, Michigan was very well represented in Canton, by the way. You know, you're taking pictures of all the busts. And uh, uh, I did not realize that George Allen, former Washington Redskins coach, was actually a Michigan man. Uh, so that was uh, pretty, pretty interesting for me. Um, but talking to these guys just about the trip overall, you know, talking to Mike Sainristel, who we saw there at the pinball machine. 
and Chris Jenkins. They went and saw Hamilton on Broadway when they were in New York, and they said it was unbelievable. So um, for the vast majority of these guys, these are things that they will not forget and experiences that, I, you know, some guys are going to take for granted. Even when we were in Paris five years ago, hard to believe it was five years ago, you had some guys on their phones at Normandy and stuff like that. And you're thinking, man, they're just not getting this and they're going to be kicking themselves in 10 years. But, you know, 99% of the guys there were just uh, thought of it as a learning experience and absolutely loved it. So to me, uh, great team building experience. And you saw it. These guys are invested in each other. Uh, this is not a cliquish football team. These guys are tight. And to see them really enjoying this and enjoying each other is uh, is pretty special. You know, I remember the people that were scoffing about these trips and how they wouldn't help. And there are parents now of, of players that are asking and, and recruits saying, hey, are you guys going to continue to do these trips and where are you going? So, yes, uh, it is, in, in a sense, a recruiting tool, even though Jim Harbaugh doesn't view it that way. But I saw Shemi Schembechler there, got to meet some great uh, Michigan fans and Wolverine.com subscribers, uh, Jim and Jordan, uh, fantastic uh, people from Canton, and it was just a pleasure meeting them. Tom Brady's jersey, uh, yeah, man, just a lot of fun. Yeah, shout out to Jordan, who uh, has, uh, and we're saying this of our own volition, Jordan, if you're out there listening, uh, probably the best Michigan man cave I've ever seen. Right. I showed us some pictures and, and video of that on his phone, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, very cool to uh, have people come up to us and recognize us even. I mean, we're kind of there as flies on the wall, trying to do, uh, trying to put a day's, an honest day's work in, so to speak. But, uh, you know, uh, cool experience for us, definitely uh Awesome experience for the players, um, the staff, the support, uh, the support staff, the members of the coaching staff were there. Uh, there were some guys that weren't on this trip at all with some other obligations, but um, the guys that were there, I mean, I, I talked to, a, I mean, one of the guys I talked to, uh, freshman tight end Zach Marshall, he was, I don't think anyone was having more fun than he was just uh, experiencing all this stuff and, and seeing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um this is this is cool if they get to do that. And I know I know for some people it registers as corny or it registers as like just a photo opportunity, but um, you see the looks on these guys' faces and you know they're they're gonna be gobbled up by the college football machine, the news cycle, the practice schedule, everything that comes along with it. So that the idea that they have an outlet to go kind of experience and you know, for some of them, still just kind of be a kid, be a college kid and hang out with your your guys and, um, you know, the, the team bonding, the team culture stuff. Uh, it's it's cool to see firsthand. So that's my biggest takeaway. I mean, listen, we're going to, you know, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, so and so he looks like he's going to be a breakout player. It's not like it's not this isn't that type of thing, but uh, there's just a looseness and a lightness to these guys when they're around each other. And that. You know, that that's something that will translate to the field. And that's pretty awesome. Although we did hear a couple guys talk about breakout players and we'll have that inside the fort today. And uh, Anthony had some great stuff there. And uh, one guy we're going to write about a uh, young freshman early enrollee that hasn't gotten a lot of pub yet that you guys are going to want to read this in, in today's inside the fort. Yeah. And don't think that I wasn't walking around, you know, seeing how guys were moving and, and whatnot and Absolutely. trying to, you know, concoct some uh, some takes. You yeah, know. Clay, Clayton was at the rock hall with a stopwatch out. 
A and B, he was knocking like pizzas out of guys' mouths. Hey, you've gained enough bad weight, you know. So <laughs> no, that was Ben Herbert, part. probably. Yeah, that was probably Ben Herbert. Who, by the way, Clayton got. Uh, you know what? He earned five dollars and interviewed Ben Herbert. And I said, "Hey, man, I'll give you five bucks. You go over there, Ben Herbert. Ben Herbert's an intimidating guy." And Clayton yeah. molded over there and had a an unbelievable fifteen minutes. If you haven't read his ITF Part One yet. Uh, one of the best things I've read on our site this week. So, uh, and there's always a lot of great content there. It was great stuff, Clay. Well, I face my fears. I mean, he is, he's kind of a scary <laughs> dude. I mean, in, in every strength coach, you know, you need to be, um, you know, to motivate these guys and everything. So went over and he was super nice once you start talking to him, but he gave some great stuff. So yeah, check that out over at the, the Wolverine.com. Got some Intel on some guys that had some really big off seasons. I mean, guys that gained some weight, uh, guys that were really feeding off each other in some of the agility drills. He gave some specific times on 20-yard shuttles and three-cone drills. So not going to give it all away, but uh, a couple guys that stood out to me, Roman Wilson, Rod Moore, uh, what mm-hmm. they've been doing this offseason. Roman Wilson, he said he's really kind of taking the next step as a maturity-wise. Uh, you know, he's a senior now in that wide receiver room. He could step up. Uh, and then Rod Moore adding – some weight and uh and you know that's going to help him he believes in in delivering some blows as he comes down and helps in the run game from his safety spot uh but that that can lead us into again we're not going to give it all away but that can lead us into maybe the biggest thing uh that you want to share uh that you learn from talking to some of these guys um you know a little bit more football related on thursday that's yeah see there are things that i don't want to say um, I will say this, the safety position, they are, feel like they are in very, very good shape because of these young guys that really, that really made moves, um, and Keon Sab and Zeke Barry. So everybody's talking about RJ Moten and there's a segment of fans out there, you know, from other schools saying, oh, they're just glossing over and, you know, are they losing the guy that started a bunch of games? Well, RJ Moten did not play in the TCU game last year and he was healthy enough to play. He was actually working with the linebackers at times too. Uh, and it's not to say that he didn't have a, a great impact on this program when he was here, but it was very clear to anybody watching last year that, hey, he was going to have a hard time maybe seeing the field as much as he wanted to. And, uh, and again, he is as a huge part of this resurgence of this Michigan football program. So, But uh, they have great young guys behind them, uh, and listening to the teammates talk about the young safeties, I was really excited about that. Makari Page has taken another step. Uh, Rod Moore is one of my favorite Michigan players of the last 15 years already. Just what he's accomplished as a freshman, the way he works, the way he carries himself, and the kind of safety he is. I just I love that kid. So uh, any Ohio kid that comes in here and says what he was saying, skipping off the field, Clay, when we were down there uh, in Columbus, uh, is a man in my book. Uh, He is the man. So lots of fun to hear all that good stuff. Yeah, I think maybe the biggest, and I don't know, Clay, I don't know if this is on the rundown or not, but maybe the biggest takeaway from the day was, uh, you know, not too long after we spoke to Tommy Doman at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we, uh, news of another another kicking specialist drops uh, as we're eating lunch, scrambling to get out of there. So, um, you know, the fact that I think for me, there's just the takeaway again, it just from talking a few guys is that there's just so much competition everywhere and they continue to add guys. They added James Turner last week. They added, you know, Hudson Holland back uh, to the kicking uh, competition rotation, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they've added guys via the transfer portal there and a couple transfer portal guys. Miles um, Hinton was one of them. I, 
can't remember if there were any others that they had brought in that were on the trip, but um, you just see how easy, how easily integrated those guys are too. And it's, you know, it's really just been a seamless fit and, you know, guys want to come and play here right now. And, and because, because of the stuff that they're doing on the field, but also because of the stuff that's going on off the field with these trips and, you know, some of the, the you know, camps guys are running on their own and some of the other NIL initiatives. It just, to me, I know it's not specific to one thing we learned, but uh, it just reinforced the idea that everything is just is humming with that program right now. Miles Hinton is a mountain of a man, isn't he? Oh, so big. Yeah, I, I talked to him and and I was looking up the whole time. I mean, he is he's massive and he looks just like Chris, by the way. Uh, Chris Hinton, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and he was more than happy to be there. I mean, we'll, we'll have a story on that as well. But I asked him, like, hey, did all this competition – and we have to recognize as well, too, like when he committed, he maybe didn't know the decisions of guys like Zach Sinter and Trevor Keegan, if they were going to come back or not. But I said, you know, did the competition and, and the depth that Michigan has on the offensive line scare you away at all? And he said, no, he really just wanted to be a part of Michigan. He'll kind of figure out the rest later. He's really going to compete. He said uh, that's his mentality and he'll let the chips fall where they may. But that didn't scare him off. And I did ask about the difference between Stanford and Michigan and just, you know, maybe the culture or the standard or the goals. And I think, you know, he said the standard at Stanford was was similar where guys are trying to do their best, but the, the goals at Michigan where you can realistically put up on the on the whiteboard that they want to make the national championship game and win it all. Uh, he said, you, you look around and you realize that you have the pieces here to do that. So uh, I thought that was really cool. And, and I mean, there is just so much depth on this offensive line. And when we talked about coming out of spring ball or, you know, even coming into spring ball, hey, what are the positions that we could see Michigan have some attrition at? I mean, naturally, you just look at the depth chart and you look at just the scholarship numbers on the offensive line. I mean, it's ridiculous how much talent that is there. I mean, the guys that we saw walking around yesterday, Raheem Anderson and Greg Crippen, I mean, those two may go into their, you know, senior year and maybe not have starting started a game uh, because Drake Nugent is here. And we'll see how those competitions play out. But there's just a lot of talent, and the fact that they have this many guys that stayed and didn't enter the transfer portal even in this spring period. Now, they still could uh, if they're a graduate because they can enter at any time, but I think it speaks volumes about, uh, you know, Sharon Moore. I think it speaks volumes about guys just wanting to be on a winning team. Um, anything else that uh, that we picked up? And then I did want to mention quickly as well Hudson Hollenbecker, uh, Anthony, so that was a great uh, – mention of him but Michigan looks pretty set there with their their three specialists uh competition will go on but you feel like you got a guy for each job yeah and talking to Brandon Cornblue on the way back for a good 45 minutes uh who runs Cornblue Kicking School and is a great friend of the Wolverine.com and the Wolverine magazine and former Michigan kicker who does a great job with these guys four of the six guys that were drafted uh, he's worked he worked with are the kickers and specialists and he ran jake moody's pro day and jake moody just happens to be a third round pick so uh it was interesting getting his perspective on this you know they're going to kind of piece it together with what they're going to do with the kicking game i think jake moody is going to be your punter i think that's clear hud uh, hollenbeck could be your kickoff guy uh, you know adam samaha is coming in and moody can probably do that as well but hollenbeck Told us, told our Anthony Broom, who's doing work in the car, you get you young guys, man, you go-getters. Uh, so he's sitting there on the phone and talking to Hudson Hollenbeck, and Hudson tells us that he's kicking 70, 75 yards on his kickoffs, and we're like, there's your kickoff guy. And then maybe, you know, your, maybe your field goal guy with James Turner coming in from Louisville uh, is the guy. So, but that's how they're going to do it. And and as Cornblue said, you know, Michigan fans have been spoiled here with Quinn Nordine 
and Jake Moody. Good Lord, right in their backyard to have those two guys there. It's pretty special. So it's going to be a high bar and don't be surprised if they take maybe a little bit of a step back. But at the same time, when you've got this competition, it brings out the best in everybody. So I don't expect a huge step back because there are so many capable guys, uh, guys capable of handling this job, these jobs. Tommy Dolman's going to punt, right? Not Jake um, Moody. Oh, is that what I said? Did I say Jake Moody? You yeah, had Jake, Jake Moody on your mind. I would love Jake to come back, but yeah, that's not happening. Sorry, Tommy Dolman. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where that came from. Yeah, people take for – I think it's going to be very apparent early on because uh, there could be some um, some hiccups early on. I mean, Michigan fans were spoiled for five years of Jake Moody, six years of Brad Robbins. I know he – I think he redshirted one of those years, but um, it's – adding adding more competition at the very least because Hollenbeck is going to come in you know right now uh, he told us he's a preferred walk-on he has a chance to earn a scholarship if he moves into a prominent role and that's something that they discussed and and it's all hammered out and such so he is going to compete to be the kickoff guy he's going to come in to back up Tommy Doman I think there's an understanding that uh, you know Tommy Doman can do that's the thing is that Tommy Doman can do all of the things that you know he can, he can't hold it. You know, he can't hold if he was the field goal kicker, but he can kick field goals and extra points. He can punt. He can do kickoffs. But I don't think, you know, it's not if you have the horses to have everyone kind of do their own thing, then you can just kind of specialize on the one thing. And that's something that I think Michigan's done really good from a special team standpoint is, you know, giving guys one job to do and and, and be responsible for. And when you lose a Jake Moody and you lose a Brad Robbins, who let's be honest for the last at least two or three years, those guys have been basically running the room on their own. I mean, I know Jay Harbaugh is the special teams coordinator. You don't have to do a whole lot with those guys. They're ready out of the box. They're pros right out of the box, uh, as evidenced by the fact that they were both drafted last weekend. So it's going to take time to, uh, you know, build up that experience and and build up that level of, uh, you know, I I don't want to say talent. I'm sure the talent is there, but you just have to, uh, you know, it takes – you can't just replace the amount of equity that those guys put into the program. So best way to get the best out of everyone is to bring in more competition. And uh, that's what Michigan's done. And and I applaud them for it. For sure. Um, Let's move on to basketball a little bit and some more news that broke while we were at the rock and roll hall of fame was Hunter Dickinson heading to Kansas. I mean, we've talked a lot about Hunter over the last 34, 35 days since he Uh, decided to enter the transfer portal. Uh, We knew that it was not going to be Michigan. Uh, He confirmed that with a late night uh, Wednesday night statement that, uh, you know, thanking Michigan. I thought it was a a classy message. Uh, And now he's headed to Kansas Uh, already has his video with, with Bill self there, but your guys thoughts on Kansas. I mean, not a huge surprise early in the process. That was kind of a a big school to know. And um, you know, sure enough, Kansas doesn't lose out on a, on a ton of guys that they really want. Yeah, and uh, I will root for, for him to do well. I will not root for Kansas. I think Kansas uh, is everything that's wrong with college basketball, frankly, over the last several years. So, and I, I don't think it's any surprise why to anybody who's been paying it to any attention at all to college basketball over the last several years. So, basically, it sounds to me like when I, what we said a couple weeks ago was Kansas was going to do whatever it took to get him. I do not blame Hunter Dickinson for leaving he's going to leave with his Michigan degree. I don't think Michigan's collectives or NIL is anywhere close to what would have been needed to 
keep him at Michigan and hearing what he was getting here and earning, it was just not enough. And so even if he had come back to Michigan and said, you know, I would like this, I don't think Michigan was in position to match that. So he's going to go to a basketball first school. Now, uh, Michigan has been outstanding with its program uh, over the last several years, clearly, but it's always going to have that football school label, right? So now he's going to go to Kansas and experience that. I'm glad he's not going in the Big Ten, so we don't have to uh, treat him like the villain that he likes to be. So, But he is going to Kansas, and you know what? He, he is not going to be a pro, so he needs to get his money now, basically. So I can't fault him for that. Everybody's saying, well, he's not a Michigan man if he's just in it for the money. Well, you go to Michigan to get your degree and make a good living, right? So he's going to leave Michigan with a degree, and he's going to get some cash, and he's going to go on and probably play overseas at some point. But before he does, he might make more money at Kansas than he makes in the pros. That's just the way the game is now. So good luck to him. Yeah, for me, I, I just – you're going to miss the 18, 19 points a game you get, the 8, 9, 10 rebounds, whatever it is. But – um how do I put this nicely? Uh, the circus, the sideshow, I'm not, it just, it, it doesn't do anything for me. I mean, he's Hunter. I like Hunter. I think Hunter's a good basketball player. I think that as we saw uh, with the team that Michigan had his freshman year, uh, he can, he can help. He can be a pretty prominent piece on a national title contender, but is he going to be a guy that lifts you up and takes you there on his own? Uh, I think the last two years have proved otherwise, and that's not all his fault, but, um, I, I just, the whole process of, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to sound like sour grapes, but it's, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really going to miss the non-basketball stuff at all. I'm not. And I think that we said this in the car that like, like I've said before, I think that all of his reasons for transferring out are justified. I think the way that it happened kind of cold, kind of leaving Michigan out in the cold when, you know, members of the coaching staff had no knowledge of what was going on. Teammates had no knowledge of what was going on. Um, and just the, the 11 o'clock or the 11:30 PM farewell, the night before you make your decision, you know, hours or whatever it was a day after going on a podcast and saying, Oh, it's so difficult. I'm still agonizing over it. And then you drop a pretty, you know, a, a pre-recorded, I'll, I'll call it what it was. It was corny. It was, it was manufactured. Um, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm not going to miss it at all. I, I just have to be honest. I, I'm not, I can't say that Michigan's going to be better without him, but you know, they have so many, there's just so much going on with that program right now that I just think it's the right time for a reset button for everyone. And uh, what it means for NIL and things like that. That's a totally different discussion. I mean, you don't want Michigan, Michigan, the university of Michigan should not be a feeder school for other programs. I don't care if you're a basketball school or not, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm glad it's over. We can wash our hands of it now. Um, like the guy, just don't like what he's about, frankly. Clay, Clay let me ask you this, though. Uh, you know, you're going to hear people say, well, isn't that on the coaches to coach that out of him and to keep him from calling people scumbags on podcasts and to show up in a, in a ski mask and do this and that? You know, that's the thing. Uh, Jawan Howard always said, I'm going to let Hunter be Hunter. Right. But it's sometimes sometimes you have to save kids from themselves. Yeah. Um, my retort is basically, you know, did it matter? I mean, was that the reason why they, they lost at Wisconsin? I mean, I thought Hunter played okay in the game where he put the ski mask on. I mean, I don't think 
you know, that was necessarily his fault. I think, you know, calling a team a scumbag. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of the, the new age of these kids. I mean, he's not the only college basketball player to have a podcast. He's probably the most outspoken. Uh, I wouldn't have said it, but um, it's just kind of the, the way he is. I mean, he, he kind of was like that and had that, that edge in, in high school. I remember the interview he had after he just went off against Evan Mobley uh, when he was playing for DeMatha, who was the number one ranked player in the country at the time. And he said to the ESPN reporter, well, that's your guys' number one player. So, you know, I went in there and attacked it. Um, you know, so I, I like that edge about Hunter Dickinson. I'm going to, you know, miss covering Hunter Dickinson mostly because, you know, Michigan won a lot of games with Hunter Dickinson, 60 games over three seasons. I mean, he led, helped lead Michigan to a Big Ten championship. You know, they go to the Elite Eight. They go to the Sweet 16. Uh, he was easily the best player on that team last year. And now when I look at the center spot with Terrace Reed, I'm a Terrace Reed fan. Like, I think Terrace Reed has a bright future. He showed uh, a lot last year, especially on the defensive end. But I think he has a long way to go to be Hunter Dickinson. Uh, and then the second part of that to me is that there's really no depth at the center spot. So, and I know Michigan has gone after some guys at, at that spot. Um, but you know, if you don't land one, then you're looking at playing fours at the five when you, when you, you know, Terrace reads off the floor um, when he's in foul trouble, if he gets hurt. And I think that's, you know, putting yourself in a pretty dicey situation from a depth standpoint. So um, yeah, it's a tough loss, but it, it's not one that we didn't, expect was going to happen for weeks so i mean this isn't uh anything new and i think there's still ways to go for the transfer portal i mean we'll see what happens and this can kind of lead us into what we'll talk about last is caleb love uh who you know commits to michigan you know michigan has three transfer commitments none of them have been announced by the school yet and chris you have talked about on here multiple times that you know these transfers and we saw it with terrence shannon last year as well where they have work to do uh, sometimes to get those credits to transfer, to finish up credits, uh, to then graduate so they can come into Michigan as a graduate. Um, so that was kind of on the table. You know, that that situation has kind of been floating around Caleb Love, it seems like, over the last month since he committed. And then you also look at, um, you know, then there's some Twitter rumors over the last couple of days. Trilly Donovan, who is uh, one of those accounts on Twitter that uh, I think, you know, people following the transfer portal have come to know over the last few weeks because it does have some intel, but it also, I don't know who's running it, but it also has a bunch of random rumors as well. Um, you know, it's kind of like a message board, but on Twitter. And, you know, hey, he says, will Caleb Love play for Michigan at all next year? Stay tuned. Well, Caleb Love last night comes out and says, yes, I will play for Michigan next year. Stay tuned. Go blue with, uh, you know, maize and blue hearts there. Um, your guys' thoughts on where this situation stands? I think it's a positive that he is indicating that he's willing to put in the work. There's a lot of work to do uh, for a lot of these kids, you know, classes that you have to take hoops that you have to jump through. Yeah. And so I think that's a positive for those, you know, who really want Caleb love here. Uh, is he the answer there, there? This is a two-parter for me. You know, is he the answer? Is he what you're looking for when you had issues last year with jet Howard? And let's be clear, there were issues with jet Howard last year. People can spin it any way they want to, but there were some chemistry issues and there were things that really, it was, it was tough to watch on the floor. Uh, you can't have that, you know, when you're talking about having a culture of, you know, for competitors only, then you better have guys out there that are busting their asses on defense that are taking shots within the framework of the offense and playing for their teammates. So, 
uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, uh, assuming Caleb Love does end up here. So, uh, again, we've seen it in the past where guys have announced it, and uh, there are people in North Carolina that say, you know what, there's just – it's going to be – I'd be surprised if he ends up at Michigan. That's a rumor that he doesn't want, you know, leave it elsewhere, please. Uh, those are people talking. Um, you know, we've heard the same thing on our end, at the, and but I think a lot of it, uh, what he's saying now is – that, hey, he's committed to this program and he's committed to making it work. So I think that's a positive for the roster. That They need bodies, guys. They need guys that can score. Let's be honest. They can't be that choosy at this point. So uh, to me, it's good to hear him say it anyway. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that when rumors like that come out, the silence can only be deafening on it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he did come out and say, Yes, I not just I plan to play there. He emphat I mean, to me that reads emphatically, yes, I will play there. Stay tuned, which is kind of the hedge of okay, I guess stay tuned for what happens next. But um Well, I think stay tuned because stay tuned was in Traley Donovan's tweet. So I think he was Yeah, yeah. he's firing about he's firing back. I understand. Um Michigan needs some kind of star power. I mean, that's the the downside of the Hunter Dickinson transfer is that to even get yourself back to treading water, you need a, probably to land a transfer that was at least by via transfer portal rankings, you know, similar or on the same caliber as Dickinson was. And Caleb Love is the closest thing to that. And, and probably right now their best transfer addition by far. Now, again, you got to give got to get everyone signed. Everyone needs to be signed, sealed and delivered. And I, I just think you get talent in here and figure it out later. Um, you know, I think that, the notion of there being, you know, chemistry issues after some of the jet Howard stuff, I think it goes a little bit deeper than just the player. I do think there, I mean, let's call it what it is. I think there were some family dynamics at play there. Um, You know, it's a fresh start for Caleb Love. If he does wind up at Michigan again, he's going to take, we've said it, we've said it from the beginning with him. I mean, he's going to score you, you know, just score, score a way to win here. He's going to score enough to win you a basketball game. Just had a total brain fart there, or he could shoot you out of a basketball game. I don't think that's really going to change. Uh, you'd like to see be a little bit more of a creator for others. I think that's going to be an emphasis, but uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that he's sitting here on May 5th saying I'm going to play at Michigan next year. Um, yeah. I, I have, I have no choice, but to take the guy at his word. Um, now I know he's not signed yet, Neither of the other transfers are signed yet, so I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into that. It's not like they're waiting on something to come in from him. But, um, you know, this roster is still in flux, too. I mean, they still have two scholarship spots open. They are, uh, you know, there's some other things to address. But, yeah, um, I think it can only – to me, it can only be viewed as a positive because at least – you know, things have been kind of quiet since he committed. At least now there's a, um, a reaffirmation. Now nothing's official till you sign – but I think that um, Thursday night's tweet saga was a, if nothing else, just an incremental positive. And Michigan needs to step up too with its NIL game, probably for him, right? You know, I don't know what they promised him, if they promised him anything, you know, in terms of NIL opportunities. But this doesn't strike me as somebody who's going to go somewhere for free, right? So uh, there are things to work out. And I know that calls have been made, you know, of, of hey, you know, what can we expect, so on and so forth. And, maybe the response wasn't what they wanted to hear initially, not just them, but others in the transfer portal. So Michigan better pick it up there too. I'm just saying, uh, you know, it ain't over till it's over fellas. And 
Um, so, but the fact that it appears that he's willing to put in the work. I remember Shea Patterson, we've talked about this, Michigan quarterback had to do, what, 18 credits over the summer or something like that to get in. Some kids are going to just say, you know, why should I go through that? Why can't I go somewhere else? Well, he, there are other draws for him to Michigan as well. Let's put it that way for Caleb Love. So in addition to getting to play at Michigan and for Juwan Howard. And you would hope that, and I would assume, because most coaches, I believe, do this, and I think Michigan's probably doing it right now, that Hubert Davis would keep him on scholarship or would do whatever has to happen for him to finish up those credits if he wanted to do so at North Carolina, unlike uh, what Texas Tech did last year with Terrence Shannon. Then he ends up at Illinois. Uh, I'll say this about Caleb Love as well. Like, I think there's a lot of shots up for grabs for Michigan. I think there's a lot of scoring opportunity up for grabs for Michigan. They need someone to kind of be that alpha offensively on the team. And if you look up and down the roster, there isn't one right now. And maybe they could add one if it's not Caleb Love or even along with Caleb Love. But I think it's a risk worth you know taking. And I was talking to Brendan Marks, who covers North Carolina for The Athletic. Um, and I asked him, you know, will a change of scenery be good for Caleb Love? And he said he thinks that it will. Uh, you know, he took me through everything that went wrong last year at North Carolina. And, and a lot of things went wrong. And it wasn't just Caleb Love, but the back and forth, you know, the taking turns between him and R.J. Davis in the backcourt. There was no clear identity there. Um, but he said that uh, a couple of things. One, Hubert Davis is a little more hands off, a little bit more of a calm coach. I know he went ballistic, you know, in the game against Michigan this year. But, you know, he's, he's that nice guy, cool presence. Uh, but he thinks that maybe Jawan Howard's fiery personality will connect a little bit more with Caleb Love, who's really, really similar, super competitive guy. Um, and then he also just believes that that having that change of scenery and, and something that Caleb Love wrote in his commitment uh, you know, tweet was he wants to rewrite his story. And, you know, I think he probably recognizes that, you know, changes need to be made as well. So we'll see uh, what, what happens with Caleb Love um, and all of that. But Michigan, uh, you know, been a little bit more quiet in the transfer portal. We've seen a little bit of movement. Uh, we will continue to track that over at the Wolverine.com. Uh, fellas, great show. If you're listening or watching, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button as well. Uh, but either way, join us at the Wolverine.com. $29.99 gets you premium access all the way until football season. So join us over there. We got a ton of intel and exclusive stuff coming from our uh, you know, stops in New York City from Ohio yesterday as well. So join us over there and we will see everyone next time. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.